Hello and welcome to Geek Critique, the podcast where we pair a compelling theme with one of our favorite geeky properties. I'm Chris. I'm Brittany. This week, we are going to be continuing our analysis of Defiance in Harry Potter from last week's episode. Our first two Potter... Potter. <laughs> that was accidental. But amazing. It's a two Potter. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that. Uh, a Harry be- Potter two Potter. <laughs> <laughs> because Harry Potter is just so defiant. So if you haven't listened to it yet, definitely go back and listen to last week's episode because we'll be continuing from there. Indeed. We'll pick up where we left off. What was your compelling question for me? So my question for you is, what moments of defiance do you see that aren't really often talked about as defiance? Hmm, interesting. Well, one that comes to mind is Dobby and Winky's defiance of societal expectations for ourselves. Hmm. Dobby's being very, very obvious, wanting to get paid and winky's in her basically just drinking herself into isolation you know and it's not a healthy defiance but it's a defiance of the expectations put on her by society and the support of the people around her and i think that's really interesting because book two dobby when he's outwardly defying malfoy first punishing himself when he's still enslaved and then after he's freed literally like you will not touch yeah, harry knocking potter knocking him down exactly like that's pretty <laughs> clear you go now <laughs> love it clear defiance of a master slave type of mm-hmm. or i should say slave owner slave type of situation but i think that it's more interesting to see dobby post that where mm-hmm. he is defying what culturally his community expects of him Mm -hmm. and what it means to work as a house elf and the expectations that a employer might have or that other students might have and all these other kinds of things. Yeah, I just think that that's a really interesting way of of looking at that. Mm. Um, That it's often talked about, yeah. Yeah, for sure. He also defies human social norms by putting up a bunch of Christmas baubles with Harry's face on them. That's true. That's true. I just had to mention that. It's not an act of defiance, but (laughs) it's amazing. Uh, Don't they say, like, have a Harry Christmas or something? Something like that, yeah. (laughs) It's amazing. Oh, Dobby. Speaking of defying, like, cultural norms, almost everything Luna Lovegood does. uh, (laughs) Yes. In particular, her Gryffindor hat. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And then her Quidditch announcements, her her commentary. (laughs) One of my most favorite It's so good, where she's just, like, defying the idea that you have to know anything about Quidditch to (laughs) to (laughs) be an announcer, and and she just does it because she's Luna, and it's amazing. (laughs) It's totally true. <laughs> yeah, on uh, on an Instagram post I saw, somebody was asking, "What's your favorite quote in in the book?" So mm. many people said, of course, the quote that we opened with, because yes, brilliant. Yes, but uh, somebody wrote all of Luna Lovegood's uh, Quidditch commentary. It's amazing, yeah. <laughs> right? It's like, yeah, basically. It's just so great. It's so good. And yeah, and just her her defiance of the norms of politeness, where she just tells Ron, like, 
Padma didn't think that you were a very good date, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. no one else would say that. But it's true, and Ron should be called out for that. Like, totally mm-hmm. accurate. And I love that she is unfazed by these kinds of social pressures. Indeed. Since you were talking about house elves, Mm -hmm. also I was thinking about Creature. Mm. How not only does he defy Sirius in in some ways that, you know, we could have a whole conversation about that, but in the Battle of Hogwarts, Mm. he comes out leading the house elves against Voldemort. And Voldemort is the one who forced him to try out the defenses surrounding the locket, Mm. right? And so he is facing his torturer and he's just coming out, you know, saying it's for Regulus and yeah, just calling other house elves to fight. Yeah. Yeah. So true. Which is just such a brilliant moment because as Dumbledore had said, Voldemort didn't care about the magic of house elves. And here is Creature harnessing the magic of many house elves Mm. against him, which is just, mm, I love it. It's so great. Okay, so I have two more examples. Okay. So one is Draco's. It's not often talked about in Defiance, but in the Deathly Hollows, when his family is asking him to identify Harry, Ron, and Hermione. Mm -hmm. And he's just like, it, it might be. Maybe. I, I can't be sure. You know, he knows yeah. it's them. He has spent the past six years of his life staring at them. Mostly Harry. But of course, still, yeah. he knows yeah, he that did, it's them. He, he doesn't need to see Harry's face to recognize him. Let me put it <laughs> <No>. that way. <laughs> he probably can recognize him by smell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's such a subtle defiance, but it's defying Voldemort, it's defying the Death Eaters, and it's even defying his own family. Yeah. It was only a matter of time before Harry, that hex that hit him, mm-hmm. was going to wear off. Yet, he took that risk anyway, I think is, yeah, a really big moment of defiance. Yeah. I think it's powerful. I also think Regulus. Mm. We think of him as being courageous, but just like him leaving the little note. Hey, bro, you're actually not that clever. I'm an 18 year old boy and I figured out your secret. Such fire. (laughs) It's just so amazing. I should also put that thing that you showed me. Yeah. That was so funny. I'll put that in the show notes. Yeah, a Tumblr discussion about about Regulus's. (laughs) The audacity of his note. Exactly. Like this 18 year old kid who knows that this is going to kill him and he suggests you you need to know that this is me which makes me so sad that he never knew yeah. i so wish that voldemort found that out that it wasn't only harry and dumbledore that figured it out but like one of his own followers too oh. totally so many powerful moments of defiance that people don't always talk about as defiance yeah yeah totally one thing that came to my mind too, and, and I won't go too in depth into it because I think we can talk about it much more if we go to race or gender episodes, but in the representation of Hermione as a black woman, mm. uh, defying racial stereotypes. In my class that I'm teaching, one of the articles that we read was all about this idea of stereotype threat, where students of color will often feel extra pressure to perform as a way of 
ensuring that they are not seen in negative light or evaluated negatively based off of their race. Mm -hmm. And I think an, an interesting view of Hermione as being so clever and so you know, wanting to succeed as trying to fight against that kind of stereotype threat as a woman of color. Mm. Um, Yeah, defying racial stereotypes that might be placed upon her, uh, I thought might be interesting. For sure, for sure. So I lied. I have one more point. Gasp, liar. Yeah, I know. Can't trust you at all. I know. No, I'm just defying what I said. (laughs) Okay, so another way that I see defiance that is not normally talked about as defiance is with Dudley. Hmm. Because in the Deathly Hollows, he is putting tea out for Harry. I know it's so cute. Which is like the cutest thing although Harry thinks it's like a, that he's doing it on purpose because he <laughs> knocks it over every time he goes out his door. Aw, poor Dudley. He poor was Dudley. trying. But considering the family that he grew up in, mm-hmm. that his parents treated Harry horribly Mm. and taught him to treat harry horribly Mm -hmm. and this is the person who cleans and cooks yet now dudley is doing something to serve harry Mm -hmm. that is defiant of his family because they they're not supposed to treat him like a person and I find it really interesting. It is interesting, and it's really admirable because Dudley is, in a lot of ways, isolated in this aspect to his family. He can't mm-hmm. share with his friends how he feels about Harry, right? He can't get anyone else's point of view other than his racist parents. So he is able to, though he has no other input outside of that ideology in regards to how to treat someone who uses magic... He's able to find a way to be much more compassionate and loving to Harry than his upbringing or than his family had been. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the fact that his parents have always, if not outright told him, at least implied, that he is better than Harry. Mm-hmm. And for him to come to a much more humble stance towards Harry, I think... Is amazing, and it's defying that narrative that his parents set up. Yeah, yeah. Because they would not be happy about it. Absolutely not. They were surprised when it happened, right? And for me, I, I, I always took it as it happened because Harry saved his life with the Dementor. And the year in between, they didn't have any contact at all. But then by year seven, he's able to kind of have that reconciliation. And, and yeah, it's, I think very mature of Dudley to be kind of critical of himself and his his culture of his family um, in that way. Yeah. I mean, maybe it was because he saved his life. I imagine that's the case. You know, yeah. that, that was kind of the catalyst for his change. But he did change. Yeah. And that didn't change his parents' point of view. Yep. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Good, good on you, Dudley. <laughs> yeah. For once. For once. <laughs> <laughs> And that's another thing I just like, yeah, no, never mind. I'm not going to go into anything more. There's already You don't have here. another point? <laughs> in the future. In the future. <laughs> They'll save that point for later. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what well, we should probably continue on. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, so what's your missed opportunity? My missed opportunity is that I wish... I saw more defiance against the 
ministry as it stands, or our society as it stands, before the failure of the ministry in book five and the takeover in book seven by Voldemort. Mm-hmm. You know, because Hermione's really the only one who takes up a stand, and she's seen as wacky mm-hmm. and things like that. You know, it's Spew, which is very much a jokey kind of name for yeah. it. And obviously her activism there is also problematic in some ways. But any society is going to have hierarchies that benefit some and privilege some at the cost and expense of others. Mm-hmm. And that brings resistance. And I would love to see that defiance and that resistance in this world. In a world mm-hmm. where everyone has magic, what does that defiance look like? What does someone who is protesting the treatment of muggle-borns look like? What does direct action look like? What does community organizing look like in this community? It's just something that I've been more and more aware of, particularly with my grad school reading. Um, (laughs) But seeing kind of resistance as intrinsic to societies and wishing to see that in Harry Potter is just something that I think would would be really interesting and add a lot to that world. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's unfortunate that we don't get to see anyone really opposing the ministry besides Hermione that isn't actively oppressed by the ministry, Mm. you know, prior to them obviously being the worst. Because the centaurs, Mm. right, oppose the ministry. I think there are certain ways in which goblins might, but within wizarding kind, there isn't the same pushback. Yeah. So... Yeah, I totally agree with that. But that did, does remind me of, of another act of defiance would be by Griphook, mm. wherein he refuses to go along with wizarding laws for ownership mm. because he's like, we made this and you are culturally oppressing us. You are colonizing us mm-hmm. and... I refuse to that's, go along with that. That's so true. Yeah, that's a really good good point. Not that it ends up working. Yeah, but... but who knows? Maybe Harry went and gave it back to him. <laughs> he planned to, but... Yeah, yeah. Again, I think we've talked about this probably off mic, but it's one of my biggest frustrations with that book is the way that their treatment of Grip Hook is never really resolved in ways that I think it should be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, what is your missed opportunity? So, my missed opportunity is not unbiased. Gasp! (laughs) Since I think that I would have been sorted into Slytherin as an 11-year-old child. What? Why are you laughing? You don't even know what I'm going to say yet. That's true, but prefacing something with a, since I would be a Slytherin. Hey, I prefaced it with, it's not unbiased, okay? So anyways, before I was so rudely interrupted, (laughs) I see sort of a missed opportunity with Slytherin defiance. Mm -hmm. Not only like should some of Slytherins, which we've talked about in the past, be fighting in the Battle of Hogwarts against the Death Eaters, Mm -hmm. like for sure. But I mean, obviously besides Slughorn. But I think because being cunning is part of Slytherin House, 
you get so much more bold disobedience mm. type of defiance, but not open resistance type of defiance. Mm. And so, you know, like I was talking about Dracos, and obviously you have Snape for years of defiance, but nobody knows about it until the very end. Mm. And then Narcissa, she has a huge moment of defiance. But again, the only person who knows about it is Harry. Mm -hmm. And so they're doing it in a very, very smart way, considering their circumstances. And those moments of defiance make the difference between life and death for Harry. Mm -hmm. And then thus the entire world. Mm -hmm. But, you know, the, the praises aren't sung about them for their defiance oftentimes. And... Yeah, I just, I wish that there was a little bit more there or that it was, like, I know how the story played out because of how the, it works for a narrative. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I just wish it was talked about more in terms of, like, just because it's not open resistance doesn't mean it's any less defiant and doesn't mean it's any less important in the scheme of things. Yeah, that's so true. Part of me is, like, I mean, mo most of me is, like, Yes, like J.K. Rowling did not do service to Slytherin House and that she should have included some of this in the narrative 100%. I agree, but also I think some Slytherin characters are most interesting. So For it's sure. like, well, yes and no. <laughs> um, but I also like the, the another fun Tumblr post I've seen is someone being like, one of the greatest things is that you can headcanon almost anything being canon in Harry Potter <laughs> yeah. because Harry just doesn't notice anything <laughs> right. and that all these things could be true he just didn't see it and so like especially considering the cunningness of slytherins like what did slytherin resistance to umbridge look like harry was oblivious to it <laughs> but doesn't mean it didn't happen that year and so yeah. with their cunning attributes kind of seeing those more subtle defiance would be really really interesting and it something would that be, yeah. i bet would be a great fan fiction well and i think that that's really interesting because Harry's always like, ah, grumble, grumble, Slytherins. But basically, <laughs> it's Draco, Crab, Goyle, Pansy, you know, a couple other Slytherin names mm -hmm. that, like, will be mentioned here and there. Yeah, it's only important but, when, like, one's on the on the Quidditch, Quidditch team, team. <laughs> or in the Slug Club or <laughs> right. so, they have a cat that that Hermione turns into. <laughs> exactly. So what, what else are they doing, you know? Yeah. Harry's not paying attention. No. <laughs> the only Slytherin he really pays attention to is Draco. Exactly. Yes. Well, I suppose we should go to our lessons learned or takeaways <laughs> from this conversation. <laughs> Harry Potter is like the most defiant moments per page <laughs> per series. Hashtag defiantist boy. <laughs> <laughs> well, not just Harry Potter, but like Yeah, no, there's every lots character. of defiance there, which is just so good. Yeah, it really, really is. And that's the thing is, it's why I think the the books resonate so strongly with our generation because, you know, we got in kind of on the ground floor when it was just like fun, cool magic book. But like as we are, at least as we were, you know, in high school when book five and six come out and we start seeing this defiance within Harry and the way that he challenges systems. It's the same time that I at least was starting to learn about how the systems of our society are themselves broken and mm. themselves are flawed. And seeing his defiance helps me live vicariously through that of what it might look like to have a more easily and more obvious foe to resist against and what that defiance might look like. And 
I guess, yeah, my, my, my lesson from here is to be defiant like Harry when I need to be, to have the courage like the Weasleys to take radical stances in defiance of systems that are not doing the jobs they need to be doing. And that's something that's very hard for me, but it's something that I think I could probably take comfort in seeing these characters as an example to, to live up to. Yeah, yeah. I think my takeaway is that while we see defiance in some of the adults, the most powerful defiance in the series is done by children. Hmm. And when you think of teenagers and defiance, society just pairs those things together and be like, oh, rebellious teenagers. And I don't know, I just, when it's rebelling against something that we should be rebelling against when it's defying systems of oppression, systems of violence, systems of how society says things should be done and they're wrong. That is what we should all have, right? Mm -hmm. and, and I think as we grow up, defiance, we understand the cost of defiance sometimes it could cost us our jobs it could cost us our lives it could cost us so much mm -hmm. and i wonder if that's why sometimes we don't have the same passion and conviction and unrelenting defiance that some of these harry potter characters have yeah but maybe we should yeah or definitely we should yeah <laughs> the only time we can say what would Harry Potter do? <laughs> Usually it's what would Hermione do. Yes, yes. But <laughs> we need to be defiant. It's mm -hmm. Look to Harry. <laughs> WWHPD. Yes. <laughs> if our patrons reach $350 a month, we'll make WWHPD bracelets. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, we should probably wrap up this episode. Sounds good. So what will we be discussing next week? So next week, we're going to be going to Lord of the Rings, and we're going to look at it through the theme of race. Oh, that'll be interesting. It sure will. Okay, so race in Lord of the Rings next week. All right, great. Well, thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of Geek Critique. Definitely, we want to remind you about the partnership we have going on with Lacelet right now. Yeah. If you use coupon code GEEK, 2019, you'll be able to get free shipping on any orders over $25 if it's domestic, and you'll get entered to win a free limited edition sorting hat mini art print. It's mm -hmm. super cute. Wow, that offer is lit. Oh gosh. Is it lace lit? It is lace lit, yeah. Whoa. <laughs> Amazing how that worked out. Now, if you happen to have tried this code last week, Etsy had a really weird glitch for a bit. Everything is fully operational now, so go now. And you really should. The sticker sets in particular, the house sticker sets, are so great. Great way to show your house pride, and if you've got friends of other houses, uh, you can get the, the collection. Oh, there's an inner house unity set. And also, she has some Christmas cards that are Harry Potter themed, as well as birthday cards, so... If you're not a sticker person, there's something for everyone. Yeah. Plus her general just great designs for her cards and, and, and things like that. That's totally true. You don't need to buy Harry Potter stuff to do it, but why but would you, you not? <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, seriously, do that now. Uh, go to lacelet.com. We'll also have a link in our episode description so that you can go straight there and fill your life and your friends' lives with endless wonder. And remember to use the code GEEK2019. That's G-E-E-K-2019. In case you don't know how to spell the word geek. Or we're actually going to spell out 2019. I thought it might be helpful for them to know exactly. Um, uh Uh-huh. Anyway. You can find us on social media by searching for Geek Critique Pod on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, or Twitter. Or join patrons like the amazing Camille Taylor Pastel at patreon.com slash geekcritiquepod. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you with next week's episode. Until then, geek, geek out! out.